0: Why does a man need religion? Can't we be spiritual but not religious? That's what we'll be talking about on today's episode, right after this.
1: In today's Handshake, we want to talk about the virtue of obedience— This is something completely lost on today's society. The idea of obedience is something that's uh, binding or debilitating, when in fact, it's actually liberating and freeing, and something very true to God's ordered creation. So we encourage you to learn more about obedience and to follow us as we discuss obedience.
0: Before we go any further, we'd like to invite you to subscribe on the podcast player of your choice. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the little bell so you get notifications when we release new content. And then finally, if you've enjoyed the show, we invite you to subscribe to us on Patreon, support our work, and make sure that we can produce more episodes like this.
1: Great. So in today's episode... We're coming at it from different perspectives, right? Why does man need religion? Mm-hmm. And I was a cradle Catholic, and mm-hmm. I moved into the world of religion from um, you know a few months after my birth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a little pagan, you know, infant, and then <laughs> I got baptized, praise God. And now um, I am a religious male, and I've been a Catholic my entire life, and I didn't mm-hmm. embrace the Catholic faith until mm-hmm. college really. Yeah. I followed it, I did it out of obedience, which was mm-hmm. good, but it was also a degree of of immaturity and lack mm-hmm. of knowledge yeah. which I had. And so I'm very grateful for my parents who brought me there, but then when I got into college, the fact that I was Catholic was not only um dangerous to me and my friendships because you know, I the religion is telling me what to do and how to do it. Yes, but it is also dangerous to society. You know, the Catholic faith, and so because it's it's telling society that things like abortion and euthanasia are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and how to live your life. You know, and, mm-hmm. and marriage, right. etc. And so I just started getting this whirlwind of attacks from atheists and uh, individuals who had a very progressive mindset. And I had to dive in and learn about uh, the Catholic faith, and that was incredibly um, enjoyable. And it was a huge blessing for me in college. So that's where I'm coming at, the topic of religion. Yeah,
0: well, and I I too kind of felt a strong pull towards some sort of religious faith, some sort of religious certainty. Um, I know it sounds unusual, but in our culture, relativism is the word of the day. That's right. Believe whatever you want. Find That's your right. truth. Well, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that uncertainty, that subjectivity, that uh, I wanted something outside of myself mm. that I could anchor onto in this culture that is so subjective, so confused, so disordered, um, where one person is saying one thing and the another person is saying the other thing. And I grew up in a Protestant home, but um, quickly discovered... That uh, very similar to the external culture, in many ways, the Protestant culture couldn't agree on very much at all either. Mm. So there was this hunger for certainty for truth, which after several years led me to the Catholic Church. Um, now, that was a very countercultural thing for a, a 22-year-old young man to do. And I remember some of my coworkers like being fascinated by mm. that. Like, why would this young guy convert? But there was a hunger there. There was a hunger there for transcendence, for truth, for certainty, for um, peace in a world that was very tumultuous. Um, now, yeah. did I escape all of those things in coming into the Catholic Church? Absolutely not. Yeah. But the Catholic faith did give me a compass. It did give me a framework by which to order my life and navigate my life.
1: Yeah, I admire that, and I think that's great. And in many ways, it's unique. And I would say. Um, more virtuous, you know, individuals that weren't born into the one mm-hmm. true religion, mm-hmm. uh, Catholicism, but had to, you know, come to it through grappling. And um, and w- we must pray for all of our brothers and sisters that um, are out of the faith. But I want to know more and learn more about your experience in in converting to uh, to Catholicism and and kind of how that was met with. Um, Curiosity, but also positive and negative, you know, reactions. I'm sure with family members and friends and things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, you know, I I would love to to share more about my conversion story at, at the appropriate time. But I really feel like it was confusing to a lot of people. Yeah, that, that would be the kind of the prim, primary reaction that mm. I received. Was just confusion like why would you do this
1: yeah you're a smart man why would yeah, you do this?
0: Yeah, yeah why would you become and of all things
1: catholic yeah. Like,
0: i mean what a strange faith to embrace um but really there was it met a lo- a longing that i had and i feel like that's where where we started this show with the question why does a man need religion yeah I feel like when a lot of men distract themselves with the pleasures of the world Mm -hmm. or climbing the corporate ladder or getting the bigger house, buying the boat, you know, doing all these worldly things, but when those moments of silence creep in, when all the noise is taken away and a man really has to face himself, he finds in himself a hunger that the world can't satisfy. Yes. There's a and I would say, why does a man need religion? Well, it all starts with wanting to know God. Yeah. That's where it all boils down to is these moments of of yearning or or hunger for something deeper than the shallow pleasures this world has to offer. Yeah. And when we wake up to the reality that we want to know God, the question, next question is, well, how do I get to know him? Mm. Um, and of course, there's many voices out there promising ways to know God. Um, but when we look at, uh, religion, the Catholic faith, especially there's this matter of tradition. It's a living organism. The church is not just, you know, the hierarchy or the laity or this snapshot in time. Yeah. It's a living organism that spans 2000 years of history. Yeah. Um, and, you could try to figure out how to know God yourself, I suppose. Yeah. Like you could, you know, go out on a mountaintop and meditate uh, for who knows how long, and maybe somehow find some contact with God. I don't know. Yeah. But that seems rather foolish. It's like saying I want to be a scientist, but I'm not going to read any science tech books. I'm not going to learn from any of the experiments of the past. I'm just going to start from scratch and try to rebuild the whole scientific paradigm from scratch. That's right.
1: And when we look at religion as just any list or set of claims on God or gods and Mm -hmm. the afterlife, we see that there was not a civilization in mankind that did not have some form of religion. And it is not something that we can escape you know, right. and so fast forward to today right. where people make religion of football, people make religion of sex, of power, climbing the corporate ladder, like right. you said. They make religion of, and, and what what do you mean, John, they make religion? Well, they are held in bondage to these vices, right, mm-hmm. to these, um, you know, disordered um, uh, pursuits in life mm-hmm. or, or, or fleeting moments of gratification that they... Um, they get into a situation where they can't possibly understand the world outside of that, right? Right. And so, why does man need the one true religion of Catholicism? It's because you're going to serve something, right? Yes. You're going to serve some master, and maybe that master is your television, maybe that master is your couch, maybe it's your cell phone, maybe it's you know uh, money or alcohol mm-hmm. or something like that but you are going to um, to serve something, might as well be the right thing, right? Well, might yeah. as well be that which is true, that which yeah. is good and beautiful.
0: Yeah, and I think the moment that human beings have woken up to this desire for God, yeah. there's a question of, like, how do I relate to God and how mm. does he relate to me? Which leads to a question of sacrifice. Mm. Every religion in the world yeah. has a, a sacrificial component. And what does sacrifice represent? Um, I think it represents a lot of things, but one of them is that the sacred is what you—the core of your life. Yeah, it's what gives order and meaning to your life. It's what you structure your life around. So, in, in a lot of like pre-Christian cultures, yeah. and um, there was this idea that you know you would uh, you would sow your crops, uh, you would raise your cattle and your sheep. But then you would give some of those back to whatever God you worshipped, um, in order to obtain His blessings. There yeah. was this sense of like exchange going on there. Mm. Um, and you know, you were talking about like a lot of the worldly pleasures that people serve today. Well, at first they might say, "Well, that's not a religion. Come yeah. on, you know, that's just a habit or whatever." But on the other hand, if you look at the way people order their lives, they're making all kinds of sacrifices to make these pleasures possible yeah so think about it there's a lot of people who have jobs that they hate yeah but they put up with it in order to facilitate the 75 inch tv that's right um the the vacation the boat whatever they're doing the time they're making sacrifices in order to live the life that they quote unquote want, yeah, these idols that they've erected that are will never satisfy them ultimately. Yeah. But they're making sacrifices in order to, in exchange for the god of pleasure, the god of entertainment, That's you know, right. the god of sexual pleasure or whatever the the thing that happens to ensnare them is, yeah. Um, you know think of a think of a drug addict okay that's an extreme case but they will make any sacrifice necessary in order to obtain that next hit yeah and likewise many of us will do so in lesser ways for like to obtain the things that we worship yeah Um, so yes religion is inevitable in human nature the question then becomes which religion yeah which one Answers all the longings and instincts of the human heart.
1: That's right. Most fully. And I would say that just look at society's reflection of the religion that society supports, right? Mm -hmm. We erect that which we prioritize. Mm -hmm. And we have football fields, uh, these stadiums which are larger than any church. Baseball stadiums larger than any church in the entire area, right? And then you go into someone's, not only does, you know, and I love football, but... Not only does football happen on Sunday, you know, the Mm -hmm. Lord's Day, right? So we have to, we work our schedule around not missing that football game. Well, I have to go to Mass earlier, or some people miss Mass. I got to go on Saturday night, or I got to go on Sunday night so that I can make sure I get, you know, this primary form of liturgy. Then you walk into someone's house And instead of uh, an altar place in their house with the immaculate and sacred heart, you know, above it, you've got this huge TV and prominence in their house, right? right? And we give attention to that which we serve and that which we prioritize. And so, but, you know, just that was coming out of my mind as you were talking about society and and serving. Um, And we do, we kind of focus our lives around these things, that just being one example. But you're
0: exactly right. So... Well, um, i'm sorry i don't mean to get please, you up, but no. i just want to like give some examples culturally yeah like the super bowl it's like a liturgical event it is it's like a feast day it is. you know <laughs> and a, like in like prime day amazon prime day you know, day. Yeah. Day, mm, day, you know? Happened, yeah. like another like liturgical holiday in our secular consumerist culture yeah. like religion is inevitable yeah which one which god do you serve that's yeah. the ultimate question
1: yeah exactly and so for those of us who are catholic and i don't know if it's the time to jump right into this, but um, for those of us who are Catholic, right, as the anybody who's uh, looked at the Catechism of the Council of Trent, right, can see the whole first section, the whole beginning, is basically why does man need religion, and why does man need the true religion? And because there are false prophets out there that will come, you know, and they will uh, dictate that which part of Scripture or that which part of virtues we need to focus on, right? There's also the fact that man left up to our own wares, you know, is mm-hmm. going to pick and choose what fits our selfish desires. Yes. Neither of us are void of this. Yeah. And and so to have that teaching authority, which can be there as the As the ultimate guide, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we can go into, you know, proof for the existence of God, and we can go into, um, you know, the um, argument for desire, right? And we can go into these uh, different things, but once we've come to that, as Catholic gentlemen, and as hopefully, you know, most of our listeners are, um, we have to then ask that question, Why this faith or this religion and not another one that may be more suited to my lifestyle or the way I'd prefer to live?
0: Well, and that's why we see this emergence of this spiritual but not religious. Yes. The ultimate God of our current age is consumeristic choice. Yes. That is the God of our age. And what you see is uh, people seeing the world's religions yeah as just this smorgasbord of uh practices traditions i'll, I'll take something from buddhism over here i'll take yeah. something from hinduism over here maybe i'll take something from like american indian shamanism yeah. over here uh maybe i like this christian tradition i'll take that too and it just becomes this consumeristic choice but of all these spiritual practices but at the end of the day the real God that you're serving is yourself. yeah, my pleasures, my desires, what makes me feel good, What is the most uh, fulfilling to me, what brings me peace? Yeah, so maybe I'll meditate because that like makes me feel really good.
1: Yeah,
0: um, maybe I'll maybe I'll even like pray the Rosary because hey, it's kind of calming and like relaxing. Um, do I really care about like Jesus or Mary? Of course not, but mm. it's like it's a cool practice, mm. right? And like you know th- that's just kind of the the spirit of the age is, consumeristic choice and religions have become commodities for people that's you right know? Uh, i remember being at a, a department store mm-hmm. and seeing you know this statue in a yoga pose you know with yoga pants okay well it once upon a time yoga was like a sacred practice yeah. of the hindu religion well now it's just a commodity yeah like it's just it's one more consumeristic choice among many and so nobody takes any of this seriously. Yeah. Nobody really cares about knowing God, and and offering Him the worship due His name. It has nothing to do with that. That's right. It has. It's all just about us and our desires, and and that's really appalling. Really, when we get down to it, it's a destruction of the sacred. Yeah. And um, I feel like we must. I shouldn't say I feel like I'm convinced that we must recover. A sense of the sacred.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Religion
0: is not a commodity.
1: No, it certainly isn't. And it's important to state that religion and the true religion isn't there to make our lives easy, right? (laughs) It's
0: there to... If you want that, don't become
1: Catholic. That's right. It's there to make our lives ordered rightly. It's uh, Mm. make our lives just, you know, and how we exist. And we do. We live in this time where we end up, you know, whether we realize it or not, picking and choosing that which we want. And in fact, that goes back to the beginning. Like if you had been practicing Buddhism and you told a bunch of people, they'd probably be like, oh, good for you. Yeah, no worries. You know, but the fact that you're practicing Catholicism, because Catholicism is a dangerous religion to society, Mm -hmm. because it actually gives rules, Mm -hmm. regulations, you know, order, because it understands god's natural order and it also understands god's divine order uh, um, mm. that he's given us and it requires something of us
0: yeah. all true religion should demand something of yeah. you um you know and and that's why people pick and choose because it requires no commitment it requires nothing from them yeah there's no sacrifice involved uh it just makes them feel good that's you know right. and I think that you know when we look at the Catholic faith, again, if you want to feel good, don't become Catholic because that's not that's what right. it's about. Um, it's about uh, rightly ordering us to the divine, to the higher spiritual plane that really exists. Like, how can we live our lives in light of that reality? Well, the Catholic faith guides us how to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's not always going to be comfortable. That's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to make us... Feel happy and fulfilled, or whatever the world says is what religion should do. That's um, right,
1: and left up to our own, you know, thoughts and opinions, uh, we're we're led to whatever the majority, you know, dictates, and whatever we feel. So we move in the the realm of heresy, you know, honestly. And we can mm-hmm. say that as as Catholics, that you know, the the Church and the true religion protects us from heresy. And I think of St. John Henry um, Naumann, right, when he converted to Catholicism and he wrote about this in his Apologia, and at the when he finally made that conversion point, he stated the most liberating aspect for me was that my opinion no mm-hmm. longer mattered. Yeah. And he was just so excited about the fact that his opinion, right, it didn't have to be the religion according to John Henry Newman, right? It was the religion of Christ and that we are subject out of obedience Mm -hmm. to that religion of Christ. And again, the church makes claims on, um, on our lives not to make our lives easy, but to make our lives better and fulfilled and ordered towards our eternal reward and eternal happiness.
0: Yeah, G.K. Chesterton once said, you know, that uh, a Catholic is someone who has plucked up the courage to admit that someone is wiser than he is. Mm -hmm. And it really is true, though, because while everybody thinks that being able to kind of invent or concoct your own hybrid religion from all these practices or to be your own ultimate arbiter of truth, to be your own pope, I guess, is a liberating thing. In reality, it's like a crushing responsibility. Yeah. To have to figure out everything from scratch for yourself, that's a huge, massive responsibility. And it's actually quite liberating to submit your uh, reason and conscience to something that has much larger, has existed much longer than you have. Yeah. Um, and the wisdom of the church is that it has all these shining saints and philosophers and um, you know, poets and uh, theologians and thinkers that have really pondered every question known to man. Yeah. And to be able to take that responsibility on yourself to and in- figure all that out on your own. In Let's Boston. just take an example, okay? Yeah. Why suffering? Right? Yeah. Like that's a huge question it that is. a lot of people wrestle with. Well, you could wrestle with that self with yourself for yeah. maybe the rest of your life and still not really have an answer. Well, the church has, has wrestled with this question too for like two thousand years. Yeah, and there are some of the most brilliant theologians and minds working on these difficult human questions that are very real.
1: Yeah,
0: that doesn't mean that we shouldn't wrestle with them ourselves. But to have the wisdom of two thousand years of tradition to offer you insights. Yeah, um, doesn't mean that you'll always find the easy answers. But at the same time, why would you not take advantage of this? incredible tradition yeah again it's kind of like a musician or a philosopher or a scientist trying to learn everything from scratch yeah that's just foolishness it is like you got to learn from somebody you got to learn from the masters yeah what are the spiritual masters well they're the saints and doctors of the church
1: that's right and i I like that i was watching an episode um or some sort of um Uh, news interview with Joel Oystein, Mm -hmm. where Joel Oystein was standing up there and they asked him some of these probing questions about suffering and about evil. And he just kept on saying, well, I don't know everything. You know, like, you know, I'm not, um, you know, there's different interpretations and different days of reading it. And I'm just thinking to myself, that's not an answer, right? right? That's that's an evasion. And how to live our... Our hope and our our hope and salvation and our belief system and that which we move and exist and have our being in this life, from a man who admitted to like every question that was being thrown at him that he doesn't have all the answers. Right. It's like, well, then I need to go to somebody who at least has some answers, right? right. And um and and I think that's exactly right. Um, that the church can provide us with structure and with that guidance that we're so in desperate need of in our search for truth.
0: It's a spiritual current that is powerful and strong and has existed for thousands of years. So it's a really ridiculous example. I'm sorry I have five kids. I think of kids' movies. All the time, (laughs) yeah. But uh, I would think about Finding Nemo. Yep. Like the dad was like wandering around in the ocean all by himself Mm -hmm. trying to figure things out. And he's just kind of lost yeah. in this massive, vast ocean. Then he comes across, you know, the the current, the slipstream, like the what's the name of that? The, the big, uh, powerful current that yeah. carries everything along. Yeah,
1: exactly. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the so turtles like, were in there. And, yeah, yeah, the turtles
0: and yeah. you know that. And so it's like he jumps into that current, and suddenly yeah. he's going extremely fast <laughs> in the right direction. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, you can wander around. Yeah. And try to like figure things out, yeah. but you're just going to end up lost and yeah. confused and no further than when you started. But the church is that powerful current rushing towards heaven, essentially. Place yourself in that. You're going to be swept along in the right direction.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: That's, that's the purpose of the church.
1: That's right. And then to take it just a step further... If we believe in God and we believe in um, the God who gave us the Holy Roman Catholic and Apostolic Church, then it is, as we say in every mast, right and just, so to do, or meet and write, you know, Mm -hmm. so to do. It is right and just to give God his appropriate place and his appropriate... Mm-hmm. Um, honor due and reverence yes. due in the order of God's creation, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like to bring up examples, and we brought up one this morning. And I've I read the example of the the you know the the ground subject to the grass to the goat, you know. And I was using one: the ground subject to the flowers, which is subject to the bees, which is subject. You know, the bees is honey is subject to us, mm-hmm. and we're subject to God. I bring this up real fast, but I bring this up just to. There is divine order in God's creation. Mm-hmm. And in that divine order, in our subjugation to um, our supreme you know author and creator of life who holds everything into existence in this very moment or whenever you're mm-hmm. listening or watching to th- this, we owe it to him as a matter of justice and as a matter of our duty, to serve Him right and serve Him faithfully, and we need the authority and the religion of our fathers and the religion of of Catholicism to guide us appropriately to better understand God and to better serve Him faithfully.
0: Yeah, yeah, and to the the, the why the Catholic Church? Well, it really goes back to the fundamental Christian belief that Jesus is the revelation of the face of God. Mm. He is the ultimate manifestation. Mm. Of who God is. Because that's always been the question since the beginning, right? Yeah. Of why or, or how do we know God? Remember, like, how does how do we relate to God? How does God relate yeah. to us? As soon as people woke up to the reality of God, that was their question. Well, Jesus, as, the, as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the ultimate answer to that question. He is a revelation of the Father, the Father's character, the Father's goodness, the Father's sacrifice in the sense that... Yeah, I don't want to get too far afield, but, but, yeah. but I really feel like the cross is a revelation of the character of God. So. It's the ultimate self-giving God. That's who God is. Yeah. And Christ reveals that to us. But then the next step is, well, Christ left teaching. Hmm. He left a church. He founded a church, an ecclesia, a community. Hmm. Which one is that? Well, anyone, as you mentioned, John Henry Newman. Yeah. He said, to be, you know, the further back you go, the more you realize that the Catholic Church is the church that Jesus founded. Yeah. So there's a very logical sequence there. I need to know God. How do I know God? Well, there's many claims to that, but Christ is the ultimate revelation of the Father. Agreed. You embrace that claim, the next question is, how do I know Christ? In the uh, community that he founded, the church that mm-hmm. he founded that's the catholic church. Yeah. So we've gone from the the instinct to know God to the revelation of God, the ultimate revelation of God in Christ, to the church that he founded. And that is ultimately why I became catholic because you just there's there's no other choice at that point. Yeah, praise God. I can't add anything to that.
1: That's great. <laughs> that's very powerful. So something else just kind of practically speaking, you know, in addition to helping us men grow in holiness and achieve our eternal salvation and that Mm -hmm. of our family or those that we love and we are close to. Religion also scientifically has bettered the lives of men, right? If we're Mm -hmm. looking at statistics and science, Mm -hmm. men who are um, practicing, devout practicing religion, live longer, generally speaking, have a happier life, have mm-hmm. a more prosperous life, um, are uh, more content, and, um, and less ha- have less, you know, mental issues. Mm-hmm. Again, these are statistics, but they're statistics that help us point to, you know, uh, an ultimate reality, you mm-hmm. know, that, uh, that we as men uh, can live up to and, and be a part of.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, think about it. If you are hungry and there's no food mm. and you never eat, it's going to lead to consequences. You're going to waste away. You're going to be sick. You're going to die. I like this. Well, likewise, mm. there's a human instinct, a craving for the divine. And if that's not satisfied, it's going to introduce all kinds of disorders into your life. Um, but too, like, I think people underestimate, you know, we were talking at the beginning about obedience. Yeah, a lot of people are like, "I'm a wild, free man. I'd make my own choices." You know, this, right. Americans are kind of in love with this independent cowboy mm-hmm. image. You know, That's out right. on the plains, you know, needing nobody. But in reality, if you look at the history of men in in history, we want to pledge our fealty. Yeah, we want to pledge our power to something higher than ourselves. Mm. And there's something freeing in that. Like you think of like in the medieval literature movies or the movies about the Middle Ages, always like, my liege, you know, I yeah. pledge myself to you. Right. And and these powerful knights that were warriors and things like that. That's captivating. Yeah. yeah, they wanted to pledge their power and their strength and their manhood to a lord.
1: Yeah, and and something higher than themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and, there, and even today, like... We want to pledge allegiance to something. We want to give ourselves to something wholeheartedly, give our life to it, give our powers to it, and sacrifice to yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, the probably the closest thing we have to that culturally is maybe like the military. Yeah. Where people give their lives to the military. They, you know, they have a clear hierarchy that they serve, and and a lot of men are drawn to that mm-hmm. because it's one of the last places in our culture where you can do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but. You know religiously men want to kneel before something yeah they want to bow down before something and that sounds strange in our individualistic age but I think that really is an instinct that men have yeah I want a God to serve I want a God to worship I want to lay down my powers before a God yeah and when that's not satisfied we're going to turn to all kinds of other silly, petty things truth. to fill that craving, but it's never, never going to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. When it is written within us, mm-hmm. right, and we don't acknowledge that or accept that, we'll find that which is most pleasing, fleeting in many cases, you know, in yeah. the moment. And we'll go from one thing to the other, you know, blind and lost and right. um, and, and unhappy, right? It, it doesn't bring a happy existence, Something else that we were talking about, I just look at the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. And those orders, right in the first commandment, you know, that that we must, um, you know, have God. Well, there's God and we must have no others beside Him. We have to um, obey Him. And the first three commandments are about God, you know, and then it's um, not taking His name in vain. And then it's uh, keep holy the Sabbath day. But then the fourth one is honoring your father and your mother. Mm -hmm. It's that order right there right Mm -hmm. and if if you could imagine that you were to treat your children just as like close friends and you weren't really helping and guiding them like god the father is helping and guiding us you know they will run amok and we see this happen so many times with kids that haven't been appropriately um parented appropriately guided they um have entitlement issues they Mm -hmm. don't know how to keep a job um they struggle actually it it happens um, statistically more with incarceration and things like that depending on which way their temperament struggle with their own
0: relationships yeah yeah. exactly yeah yeah so we need we need hierarchy we need order we need a uh again to pledge ourselves to something higher than ourselves and also to i think we underestimate the power of forgetting about yourself yeah you want to find true joy and fulfillment lose yourself in something more uh more than yourself yeah so you think about like going to the grand canyon no one goes to the grand canyon to think about themselves right that would be stupid yeah when you go there you just wow Mm -hmm. wow you're like drawn out of yourself like it's it's like a moment of transcendence that that just to think about yourself before something so vast and amazing yeah is is kind of crazy yeah um and likewise like we think we're told the lie over and over that the way to fulfillment is to satisfy all your desires Mm. well in reality that just leads to misery yeah the way to really satisfy or to, to find fulfillment is to forget about your desires and lay them before something much vaster and more grand than you are which is god he's right. the ultimate he is the supreme
1: i agree so i think in the end that is why many many reasons why men need uh religion yes so for our nightcap uh i wanted to talk about obviously uh, actually another form of servitude um i wanted to talk about my miraculous metal ring yes. here so this is the ring that i chose as an outward sign of my total consecration to Our Lady. Yes. So a lot of people wear the chains and mm-hmm. things like that, as St. Louis de Montfort recommended. I actually had this miraculous metal ring custom made, and I'll make sure that I got some pictures of it um, You know, for so people can see it. But what is this? This is an external sign of my willful slavery, as St. Mm-hmm. Louis de Montfort said, yes. to Our Lady, trusting mm-hmm. in her perfect guidance mm-hmm. to enrich... And fulfill and bring closer my relationship to Christ, her son, I can do so humbly. I can do so with her help and her aid, Mm -hmm. knowing that she drives all things towards Christ, her son, whom I love and adore. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I think I also got it to be a little bit more masculine in size, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of looks like a college ring, and most people think that it's a college ring on me. Yeah. I've worn it for eleven years or so, and um, but in fact, it's actually uh, that which I truly serve, you yes. know, and that which I hope to remind myself of. So I've got the graces, the miraculous medal, got the Sacred sure. Heart of Jesus on one side, Totus Tuus" on the other side, and um, um, you know, and I, I did so in a way that. Um, I would uh, feel feel strong and 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 feel proud of of wearing as an outward sign.
0: It's funny you said it, it looks like a college ring. Yeah. Well, what did most people call their college? My alma mater? mater. But that means in Latin is nurturing mother. That's right. So Our Lady is your actual alma mater, she your is. true nurturing mother. She so, is.
1: Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Sam. This was great. I really enjoyed this uh, episode. And and just as we need to be reminded and as we remind everybody when we finish these...
0: Be a man, be a saint.
1: Thanks for watching.